You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You are listening to The Therapy Podcast with your host, Shloimi Balsam. Hello and welcome to the Therapy Podcast. It's been quite a while since I had the chance to record one of these fellas. I think I've been saying that in the last whole bunch of episodes, but that's okay because we're back with another one and I'm excited to be here. In this episode, I want to discuss something which is incredibly common, whether because it is something which is actually more prevalent than it has been in the history of psychology or because it's and an easy diagnosis you know there's some diagnoses which make people's lives easier and some which make people's lives harder and i think this is one which goes either way depending on whether it's accurately diagnosed and treated um like every other diagnosis and today's topic is adhd it used to be two separate diagnoses add and adhd attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder and they've been blended together and split in half. So it's all ADHD, but there are two types of ADHD, whether uh, with the H or without the H. I think this is supposed to make it simpler. So thank you to the DSM-5 for their tremendous amount of work. I know there's a huge team that works on there and they have to juggle the constant constant stream of new studies as well as politics. It's quite a hefty job, not one that I'm yeah, I would like to involve myself with, but it's it's uh, we definitely reap a lot of benefits. I saw an article written by a dear friend of mine, Rabbi Shmuel Reich, regarding who is a ADHD counselor specialized in those who are struggling with ADHD. He's a life coach, uh, private practice in Munsee. Reach out to him at rsreichadhdcoach@gmail.com. He does coaching for individuals or couples, and he wrote this article, which was just very concise clear and I felt that it was remarkably empathic like he genuinely understood where they're coming from personally I was diagnosed with mild ADHD and and chose not to go on meds for it Uh, a choice which I'm proud of today would never change a thing because every medication does come with its side effect which 
is a decision to make. And I don't know if everyone is, is given the full understanding of the meds that they're offered. And if someone says, hey, I know you have an issue and here is a pill that can take, that can alleviate all of your problems. Um, it, it sounds like a no brainer, but in fact, there, there might be other things to take into consideration. This particular article deals with time management because when people hear that people are struggling with their friend or family member is struggling with ADHD and they're expressing their frustrations so well-meaning friends managers co-workers uh, will commonly respond with a suggestion which is so unpleasant they'll say something like hey why don't you try using a planner and the the simplicity of the question isn't offensive because not everyone does and it's a pretty useful tool however it could be incredibly frustrating to hear that question with many people it's because they've tried the planner and it just never seems to work there's a chaos that that precipitated the need for it and now it's compounded by that sense of failure and this is a, a sense of failure that people with ADHD suffering or struggling with it unfortunately have felt before the strategy sounds pretty simple, right? So what's getting in the way? Just use a planner. Get your life in order. You have something in front of you that tells you what you need to do. It'll prevent distraction. It'll, it'll prevent misdirection. It will help you stay attended. The thing that's getting in the way is often the ADHD itself. So there are a number of ways that ADHD can impact one's ability to use a planner. And he lists here some of the ways that ADHD gets in the way of planning. And then we try to tackle them with a number of tips that, that you know, at least one or two of them, if not all of them, will prove to be useful, worth giving a shot. If you are like me and have a hard time with time, these could be some serious, um, a beautiful uh, light in the darkness, a guide, a hand to hold until we're able to do it ourselves. And a guide to using a planner, which is a fantastic tool, effectively, despite the distractions that we live with. So one of the things that could get in the way is when to fill in the planner. There are appointments, plans, tasks, and everything else that you need to schedule, but they don't all come into existence at the same time. So keeping track of the planner to write it in as those appointments, those items become necessary to schedule, it could be the first obvious challenge of using a planner. Then there's the issue of how to use a planner, right? It, there's a task title, take care of taxes, marketing project, or resume that could be helpful for some people, but with someone, an individual with ADHD, that's unlikely. The ADHD brain struggles with executive function. And as a result, a task whose steps are unclear tends to lead the brain to either feel overwhelmed or simply tune out. YouTube is just a much easier place to be. Another issue can be making sure to check the planner. If all the day's tasks and appointments are in the planner, but you don't check it, you don't follow their intended schedule, it won't be helpful. This is likely if the, if the layout of the pages are crammed or if some other way, if it's in some other way, it's not easy to, to scan or just quickly look at it. If you forget where, where you wrote it in or if you just forget to check it entirely which is a likely possibility for anyone beginning a new habit. You know, you're, you're just not used to it. And exacerbated by the executive function challenge, uh, th this is a, a challenge of someone with ADHD. The same is true of a virtual calendar or a planner. If it takes a lot of clicks to find it or the layout is cumbersome, 
it's likely to remain in your pocket and never make it up to the brain. Another issue can be keeping track of the location of your planner. Part of executive functioning is it challenges uh, if someone has struggles with executive function, it can cause individuals with ADHD to be much more likely to lose items which they would prefer regular access. For example, uh, reading glasses, wallets, cell phones, keys. A planner runs the risk of joining that list. So the good news is that there is, in fact, some really useful planning and strategizing tips that can help a person address these challenges. Even though there's no one-size-fits-all solution, granted, general guidelines can be suggested that one can tweak to suit their unique personality interests and challenges. Discussing the best way to implement them with a friend, a coach, a mentor can be particularly helpful to develop the best solution. This is especially true if there are regular follow-ups, which create a sense of responsibility and accountability. Just before getting to the tips, Rabbi Reich points out that a physical planner tends to be better for the brain. The physical act of writing contributes to memory. Therefore, if all else is basically equal, it's more recommended to get a physical paper and pen planner. However, it's far more important that the planner actually gets used and that the one using it finds it interesting and user-friendly. So if you much prefer a virtual planner, then go with that. So the t- tip number one, get a planner that you like. The ADHD brain is drawn to stimulation, novelty, and excitement. And although a new planner is only a new toy for a little bit, but even if you're particularly fond of its design, the color, the layout, any little thing, that short-lived interest can be useful enough to kick off your new routine. Tip number two, get a planner that you find easy to use. Planners have, you know, some planners have many categories, small sections, small letters, or you have to turn pages frequently. It can be hard on the eyes. It can feel inconvenient. So the more hassle involved in using the planner, the less likely it is that you will use it. This applies to the layout the interface of the virtual planner too. So the ability to see a whole week on two pages when the planner is open tends to be a, ha- a happy medium but every individual has different preferences make sure that it's easy to use so number one was get a planner that you like number two it must be easy to use tip number three get a planner out accessible and open the need to do something as simple as taking the planner out of a draw or just opening the app can feel like a chore if you got an adhd brain or anyone else for that matter. The same can be said for a virtual planner. It's required if you need to do several swipes and clicks and stuff like that. It's just too far away, figuratively. So one less action needed to access the planner can actually be the difference between filling it in and intending to fill it in later when I get to it. It could also be the difference between checking in and relying uh, on one's memory, which is a very mediocre strategy at best. I'm sure that's pronounced mediocre. At least I didn't say mediocre, okay? Tip number four. Keep it in the same place. In addition to keep to, to being out, having the planner in the exact same place constantly prevents it or mostly prevents it from getting lost. There's never a need to go and look for it and wonder where it is. And this becomes problematic if you're using a physical planner and you're scheduling items in different locations, such as at home and at work. If the need arises, it might be worthwhile to have two separate planners, one that doesn't budge at home and one that doesn't budge at work. 
If this sounds daunting, then start off with one planner in the place that you need it the most. Then after that, when you get the routine in that one, you can add a second one to the second location, but don't let it move from its spot. Another challenge that this raises is how to fill it in when you're not near it, because you can't take it with you. It has to stay in its spot. If you see a request in an email on the way to work, it could be forgotten by the time you get to your desk. So a solution to this can be having a small pad or using your phone to jot down the tasks as they come up. And then you need to add a routine of adding anything written in that pad or on that note in your phone when you get to your planner at the office or your home. Tip number five, use it for absolutely everything. Putting in anything and everything that needs to get done can be the pressure off one's brain to remember it. Instead of it being in your head, it's down on the paper. It's in the app. This can lead to appreciably less anxiety about what you may have forgotten. It's all in there. This can even apply to daily routines such as waking up, bedtime, exercise. And of course, you have to have something in your planner that says this is the time to fill out the planner. Tip number six. Small, discreet tasks. ADHD and productivity coach Lynn Edris says in a talk called Push Past Procrastination, he identifies three primary causes for procrastination. The task is too long, it's too boring, or it's too nebulous. A task entitled Work on New Project. That's way too vague. The ADHD brain is likely to be overwhelmed by the wave of thoughts, ideas, steps, and details. And through each, through the use of such an unidentified title, that can likely lead to procrastination. These issues can be addressed by breaking down a given task or a project into smaller, more manageable components. The size to which they should be broken down has one simple rule. It needs to be small enough that it no longer looks daunting. In other words, you're going to do it. You see it, you'll do it. This may even mean breaking down something as simple as making a phone call to smaller steps like the phone number. Take a few minutes to plan what needs to be said and then making the actual call. Three steps instead of the one step make a call. Make a call, make a call includes get the number, plan what you're going to say, and actually calling. Tip number seven. Check off completed tasks. Seeing a task checked off, knowing that you did it, creates a sense of achievement. This is like a, a motivator, a person with this micro dopamine rush can continue to follow their planned schedule. It's especially true with individual individuals with ADHD. It's because ADHD brains are deficient in dopamine. This feeling of achievement, those little checks on the side of your planner provide some needed dopamine. This effect, this dopamine effect can even be valuable after the fact. This would mean that even if a task came up unexpectedly that day and wasn't in the planner and you did it, go back to your planner when it's time to write in your planner and write in that task and then check it off. Write it in, check it off. This is something which I accomplished today. It's because looking at a completed task creates a sense of accomplishment, which generates motivation to achieve even more. Additionally, it enables a person to look at their planner and account for how their day was spent that day. How did I spend my time today? This could be very useful for individuals with ADHD who frequently lose track of how time was spent. Instead of feeling guilty when they think of, they think the day went by and they didn't do anything. 
This provides the true realization of exactly how much they did accomplish. So to summarize, the challenges of using a planner involves when you're going to fill out the planner, how to fill it out, if it's too vague or overwhelming, it just doesn't work. And there are so many better, not better, but easier options of how to spend my brainwaves. I'd much rather watch memes than try to figure out what I meant when I wrote, speak to Charlie about the project. What project? Huh? Back to YouTube. We struggle with making sure to check the planner. Building those habits, those routines, those are the keys to success. Keeping track of the planner's location is also challenging. We have to know where it is. The tips involved, number one, get the planner that you like. This has to be something that you're connected with, even if it's only tantalizing for the first couple of days while it's still a fancy new toy. Make sure that it will be exciting. Get something that will excite you in a little bit, which is enough to kickstart the routine. Get your jog going. Tip number two is get a planner that's easy to use, because even if you're excited about it, if it's struggling with its use, with its functions, with its features, that might be enough, even though it's such a small thing, to shut down the entire program. We are easily deterred to stop doing things that we don't want to do. Yes, even if there's something that you really want to do, deep down, the habitual side of your brain says, stick with what you used to. Stick with the lack of structure, the old routines. It's easier. So when doing something hard, make it as easy as possible to ensure the greatest chance of success. Tip number three, keep the planner out, accessible, and open. If you could get yourself a widget, a shortcut, keep it somewhere obvious and open on your desk, next to your bed, wherever you are you are keeping it. And that's tip number four, keep it in the same place. If it moves around, you won't be able to find it. If you have ADHD, the chances of losing it are much higher. Keep it in one spot, you know where it is, you know where your day is logged. This is easier with a virtual planner, but even so, keep the app of your planner front and center. Keep it as a shortcut in the bottom. Keep those widgets on top. Tip number five, use it for everything. No matter how simple this activity is, there is time of your day dedicated to it, put it in there. Wake up time, bedtime, exercise. Tip number six was keeping the task titles small and discreet. It can't be too long, too boring, or too nebulous. It should be short, exciting, concise. This is what I'm doing. Go and do it. And if it's too big, break it down. The title could be make a call in the note, attain the phone number, prepare the conversation, make the call. The seventh tip and final tip is check off those completed tasks. Offer yourself that dopamine rush. Congratulate yourself may sound bizarre at first, but this is something that you need. We all need dopamine, and our job is to offer ourselves healthy doses of healthy dopamine. We all need to eat, eat healthy food. Otherwise, we're going to turn to other foods which were not our first choice. Because yes, you might survive on ice cream, but you'd rather survive on a balanced meal, balanced diet. Give yourself a pat on the back. We need to feel good about where we are, where we're going. And even if it's really challenging at first and if you went through this entire podcast this entire write-up and you realize that hang on i've tried this before it doesn't work with me do it again this time it will work set your mind to it keep it small and concise set it up in a way that you can do it in a way that you know 100 you will do even if you have to give off some of the grandeur the greatness of your next challenge 
keep it small and concise and simple. It's better to have a 100% guaranteed goal than a 90% bigger goal. Keep it small and sure because those small things add up into the really big things. And keep yourself pumped about it. Congratulate yourself. Tell people, you know, I started a planner and my life is better. My timing is better. My schedule feels complete and full. My days are productive. I wake up in the morning with a goal, with a plan, and I check them off one by one. I go to sleep and I look at my day and it's done. It did encourage your friends to do it. And then you will be the timing guru. You can't be untimely if if that's who you are, right? If you're the timely guy and you show up late, come on, I can't show up late. I'm the guy who's on time. Reconstruct your identity. Now you're the timely guy. I know you don't lose your planner. I know exactly where it is. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And if you tell me that there's something I need to do tomorrow, hang on, let me put it in my planner. Be proud of it. This is something you should be proud of. ADHD is not a disease. It's a diagnosis. And in general, people are a lot more fun with ADHD than without it. So you go out there and rock your ADHD. Own it. Use it. Channel it. And the areas where it is challenging you, you take the wheel. You take over. You decide that you will be a timely person, even though that's challenging. Challenging does not mean it's impossible. It means that it is a challenge, which means that when you do it, you'll feel twice as good as the guy who did not feel challenged doing it. Thank you for studying with me. This was awesome. I hope you learned something. I know I definitely did. And of course, check out Rabbi Shmuel Reich. He's incredible. As always, send me your comments, questions, and emails at askmetherapy at gmail.com. Let me know if you want me to do some more ADD, ADHD stuff. And have a wonderful day. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.